0: Welcome to the dork forest. Jackie and and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dork forest and dork Dork down for a
1: while. Hi, Rangers. It's me, Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dork forest. It's 2024. Let's do this. Here's the credits. Of course, Mike Rickberg sang that song at the beginning and he wrote that song and he sang it with Sarah Cohen, his wife, and he will sing the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Also, Patrick Brady still putting this together, video, audio, all of it. He's amazing. So, and Vilmos doing JackieCationStore.com. Squarespace is doing the regular Jackie Cation page. And I'm thinking of moving the Dork Forest and DorkForest.com away from WordPress because it's driving me nuts. But those are the credits. But if you go to JackieCation.com, you can get Dork Forest merch. You can get my stand-up merch. You can get my stand-up CDs and DVDs, which you'd have to have uh, devices for those. Uh, You can also see videos and find out any number of things. I have another podcast called the Jackie and Laurie show, but the dork forest is the flagship 18th year. We're doing it. You guys, you can go to my Bandcamp or my YouTube for extra content. Please donate is what I'm saying. It's 2024. And I think we've been in this long enough. Why don't you guys, everybody send me a hundred bucks. That's what I'd like you to do. You can PayPal me. You there's links all over the pages. You can Venmo me at Jackiecation. You can find me at a stand-up show and uh, hand me a sweaty wad of 20s. Do something. But I love doing the show. I would love uh, to make some money is what I'd like to do. In other news, I'm sure there's more things that I should talk about, but I can't think of them. But let's listen to who's going to dork out about something because that's my favorite part. Thanks for listening, you guys. You're all great. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's me, Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room, not in my garage, because my husband has COVID. It's still happening, you guys. He's living in the garage, um, uh, and it's it's a dream come true. Welcome to the Dork Forest. Uh, with us, new new member of, uh, of of the Ranger team here, new arborist, uh, comic from Australia, Sydney, Australia, Beck Charlewood. Welcome to the program, Beck. Hello, Rangers. Hello, Jackie, all the way from
2: Australia. I'll just there get a big is. old norr out of the way because I know <laughs> yeah. everyone loves hearing us say norr at the moment. What does it mean? It's just no, but we just we have we just chew on all our vows for some reason. Oh, we make a some meal reason. out of it. <laughs> well, I mean there's know, not much just, to do down here, so we gotta fill the a, time
1: with something. It's a pioneering time. <laughs> uh, well, well uh, this is amazing. So you're a comic in in Sydney, Australia and your handle if everybody wants to follow on um on Instagram is Beckwood. It'll be in the notes, but it's C H A R L B E C at W O O D. And you have a new comedy special coming out. Just will it just be on YouTube or Yes, it's on YouTube,
2: uh, available around the world. It's called Bipolar Baby. Um, Mystery as to what that's about. Clearly very (laughs) secret. What could
1: it mean? (laughs) What is it like? Anyway. (laughs) I guess you'll have to watch it and find out. Exactly. Another caricature of life is your dorkdom, which is true crime. There is not a young woman on the face of the planet who is not fascinated by the idea of figuring out how to make sure she knows how to get out of a, a the trunk of a car. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what,
2: <laughs> what got you into it? No, I um, mean, I well, I'm about to turn thirty, and I'm finally kind of learning who I am, and I realize uh, I'm the same as everyone else. I like the same shit. <laughs> as <laughs> every other white woman who's about to approach 30. I love Taylor Swift and I love true crime and I love coffee. And that's my, that's my personality.
1: (laughs) Fact that you've embraced it because it's, it couldn't be truer. I'm like, somebody said, Oh, my mom loves that. And I was like, I am your mom. I (laughs) am your aunt. I'm your mom. I am this person. I Facebook has my, as my when they send an ad at me, they got a pretty good chance of me holding my attention, if not purchasing it. So, yeah, I'd love to tell you that I was even more unique, uh, but in many ways, my uniqueness <laughs> certainly doesn't stem from what I read and watch, I guess. Yeah. I believe there was um, a very
2: wise woman that once said, I'm every woman. And in that, she meant we're all exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wonder who said that. I think it was actually
1: my mom. Um, oh, fair enough. Oh, good for her. And uh so yeah, so you like tr- uh, Taylor Swift and True Crime. <laughs> the true crime thing is what I kinda wanna talk to because Yes. True crime is such a uh and I've told the story of my, my shitty uncle Tom and he he there was murder. There was crime. <gasps> he he murdered was
2: killed someone. Oh, he was well, killed. No.
1: Yes. Oh, he I'm so c- sorry. No, no one else was. Uh, so, well, I think his wife was confused briefly, and then was no longer that. But, uh, but here's the thing. It's it's the uh, what's the what's the first time you remember? I mean, I know you, I told you to pick your five faves, <laughs> <laughs> which was
2: hard. Which was so hard. I got to a list of twenty, and then I had to like cut back, and then I was like, okay, we can go off like different mediums. So this is like been very hard to distill down because I've I was raised on true crime uh what yeah so (laughs) because your your mother thought it was hilarious or what no my mom is a true crime author and my dad is a homicide detective
1: oh my goodness all right then wait a minute there's a certain (laughs) amount of credibility in the fact that you there's true crime happening your mother is a true crime um novelist no
2: yeah yeah she's written two fiction
1: uh, no, 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 no. True, like
2: proper, like factual research. Oh, true crime. Um, okay. She's written two books, and uh, I mean, like okay. Michelle McNamara,
1: like yes, speculative. This is what this is what we know. This yes, is what we might know. Oh, so fully. it might be this person. Okay. She got fully, she was. Uh, so
2: what happened was she was a journalist for uh, a long time, then she had kids uh we when we all went off to school she just went down to the library to fill her time because we didn't really you know the internet wasn't as big as it is now and she just stumbled upon this story of a woman who was murdered in the 70s on a golf course by the side of a very busy road and she just couldn't believe that this hadn't been solved that this was just no she'd been shot point blank in the head and no one put in the time and effort to figure out what had happened weird yeah and so where was it in perth western australia right um and the book is called dirty girl for anyone that wants to read it
0: right Uh, and is her
2: last name charlwood no her last name is wills juliet wills uh, okay, there we go. So if people want to read it, it's like, I uh have read it a very long time ago, so I'm not fresh on all of the details because I also read it when I was eighteen and right.
1: I I couldn't help but Is read that it and when my you were m- like, sort of allowed to read it
2: or encouraged to read it, like I, she no, as soon she probably up- came out. Mum was like, Read it. I what you <laughs> I I've worked on this for fifteen years. I need you to read it and tell me it's good. It's also dedicated to her kids, which I was like,
1: okay, a bit grim. grim. All right, right. right. And um, I did she didn't make you pay retail, did she? Hopefully, she got you um, her own copy. We got boxes in the. I've got. (laughs) How many copies
2: do I have here? I think I've got like five on the shelf. Right now, just next to me. Oh, here it is. For anyone visual, there it is. <laughs> Two copies right now. Visual reference.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, your mother. <laughs> this is such an ad for your mom. Good I for know. Her for raising she's, the right kid. Uh, yeah, she's bloody lucky. If you could slide into
2: her DMs and let her know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's also crazy that the book is called Dirty Girl, and it is about the murder of a brothel owner but she cannot stand a single stand-up joke of mine about sex
1: or anything remarkably dirty. You just cannot handle it whatsoever. Oh, really? In, in the yeah. in, in in like a weird because the thing is is like yeah my my father has no interest in hearing any sort of weird dick jokes that I've written, but um, but he he's like he he gets that. That I'm an adult – I mean, granted, I am 100 years old. And so, but he – well, maybe, yeah, she should – yeah, eventually, maybe when you hit 30, it'll be a thing where she's like, yes, yes, she's probably had sex. Yeah, at some point, she's done
2: something, you know. Maybe not, though. She's she's my mom. Out of everyone in the world, if there's one person to not like – my chlamydia jokes. It, I think it is allowed to be my mom. <laughs>
1: it's so true. One of the greatest things about my childhood is that it was almost entirely sex-free. So you've got to love that. It's... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's like some vague attempts by some bad guys. The aforementioned Uncle Tom, and um, and we, so none of us miss him, is what I'm saying.
2: Wow. So, so um, wait, tell me, I, I don't know this Uncle Tom story. Sorry for the Rangers if they've heard this story a
1: thousand times over. They they have heard it, and I was going to let you talk, but I'll just tell you this, and then we'll <laughs> get back into your. Door I'm that team. obsessed that I'm, I'm like, right, no, like, I need what more. What could it be? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the Tylenol scare? Yes, in, the, in Chicago, in the in the early, I think it was in the early eighties. Super familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so someone put cyanide in some Tylenol capsules, and it changed the face of 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 pills around the world. Uh, childproof caps were introduced. Uh, guns kill people millions of times a day nobody's got any kind of thing except for a trigger guard. Yeah. They
2: said what if we squeeze any- the
1: top of the bottle though? <laughs> right. <laughs> what if you have to shoot with two hands? No, yeah. <laughs> got to make it easier. And um so but uh so the talent ty- there was the Tylenol crisis was in Chicago. I grew up very close to Chicago north in Wisconsin, a little factory town. Um and there was a copycat incident where there was cyanide in a can of Coke. Oh wow. And someone died, and that was my uncle Tom. Now, my uncle Tom uh was a bad person. And he was an accountant, and he um tried to slip me the tongue when I was 12, 11 or 12. Oy, 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 yeah, oy. not good, not good. See ya. Wouldn't wanna be. <laughs> anyway, but here's the thing about Uncle Tom. He was an accountant and he was uh, embezzling from everyone. He worked for the our state, the state of Wisconsin, and he was embezzling from them. And he got caught because he wasn't good at it. And they told him that if he replaced the money, they wouldn't press charges. So he got his parents to put a second mortgage on their home and give him the money, and he paid him off. His church then caught him embezzling <gasps> from them. Mom. And they said, if you replace the money, we won't press charges. And then he borrowed money on the street. Uh, so the streets of Milwaukee, not super dangerous, but they're full of, I mean, and that's how my dad found out about it, because my dad knows dirtbags, right? He's always known dirtbags. He's in, he's intrigued. He's interested. He wants to be to some of our, except for he doesn't want to be, because that <laughs> sounds like more work. but. <laughs> My Uncle Tom was also embezzling from my father. And that's how my father found that out as well, by the way. But he found out that he had been embezzling from the church and he had borrowed money on the street because a guy came up to him at at a restaurant and said, are you related to Tom Dresser? And my dad goes, he is my brother-in-law. And um, the guy goes, well, he borrowed some money on the street and he's not paid it back and he's not even paying the interest. He's not paying the VIG and they're going to hurt him. So you got to talk to him. And so... This is the setup for why he needs money. So the Tylenol thing is happening in Chicago. And my Uncle Tom, I guess, gets the idea that he's going to poison my Aunt Shelly. Oh, God. For the insurance money by putting cyanide in a can of Coke. And everyone will think it's the cyanide poisoner. He'll get away with it. He'll, He'll make more money. And so here's where you have to kind of know Tom to, and I was, I wasn't, this happened when I was probably 18. And he was, he, he was not known. That, there were two things that happened. First of all, he called my aunt Shelley and asked her if she wanted to have a romantic picnic in the park. He was not that guy. Uh, he would provide, she should bring the food. He'll bring the beverages. And uh, not that romantic. And... uh <laughs>
0: Yeah. oh she my shows god up.
1: so lazy for his own yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter murder. of his
2: wife he's like i will bring the murder equipment but i'm not bringing <laughs> snacks
1: <laughs> she can you're do gonna, that if you want to eat something you're gonna have to bring sandwiches or something anyway oh so my god uh the cyanide was in a can of coke and he was never a guy that ever drank coke. He was a guy that drank uh, clear soda, I remember distinctly. It was a he's a seven-up sprite kind of guy. So um sus immediately. I mean, that's a warning sign right. from a distance. <laughs> and so all the police could figure out was that he took a sip of the Coke to see if you could taste the cyanide. Oh my god. Oh my god. And he god. died. <laughs>
2: This freaking okay I'm so
1: what, idiot the, <laughs> he died and here the weird thing is my uncle my aunt Shelley was like thought it was some miscarriage of justice they never found his killer they found a spoon in his pocket with cyanide on it the shortest episode oh, of CSI
2: ever oh my god that is just the, I'm surprised he didn't die of this stress just from all the lies. Just like I have a current tab in my head. Of, I know I owe three of my friends $20 and it never leaves mm. my brain. I don't know how you're just going up to people on the street asking for money when you know you owe so much money.
1: Right. <laughs> and how did he find those people on the street, right? I don't know. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> well, like I'm sorry to everyone that's already heard that story, but I... Loved it. <laughs> it is rare in true crime where it's like, Oh, it's, you know, it's some, a bad person kind of gets a little bit. What's coming to him. It's
1: very, <laughs> very rare. Right. Right. Because it's usually just some innocent person getting murdered. Right. And then they yeah. never find the killer. Is that, is that the MO? Is that the, the normal yeah. thing or the normal thing? I mean, it's,
2: it's always women. It's all like women who, uh,
1: like- Literally, I believe to be something like 98 99%. Because does true crime mean that it was like some weird crime? I mean, true crime is
2: like very broad. So it's like basically any crime. So you can have like, I'm really into like con artists at the moment. I'm taking a bit of a break from... Murder, murder and assault and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need something a bit lighter, like you know, people losing their life savings, and you know, right. <laughs> fake love scams and whatnot. Just chill, relaxing things.
1: <laughs> oh right, right. The fake love scams. I was just reading about that, about how they they get a picture of somebody who is a very obscure pop, like like a famous person in Romania. Mm. Right. Or a famous person in the depths of, you know, Northern China. She's very beautiful. She wants to come and visit you. She's going to need 2000 pounds. Send it via wire. No, yes. oh, what happened was is her brother's car broke down. She couldn't make it to the airport. She's gonna need another eighteen hundred pounds. Oh, anyway. and five
2: iPhones for some reason. For some <laughs> reason, I don't know what else. What she else doesn't she know how to around. charge them. She uses them once, and then she's got a. She's too beautiful to know.
1: <laughs> right. So what? Um, yeah. So pick one from the list. What's a fake? Oh my what's god.
2: A well, I mean, Michelle McNamara's "I'll Be Gone in the Dark" is. Top of the list because it does kind of remind me of Mum of a woman who just woke up one day and was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna f- figure this out. This is crazy that no one knows this. It's pissing me off. I need to know. Right.
1: So well, so if you're a Michelle McNamara fan, uh <laughs> it's and she and her work was amazing and and, mm. and it ended up leading to the capture of that guy, or at least the identifying of that guy. Yeah. Thirty years later. But yeah. Yeah,
2: it, it is. It is like a great example because I really cold cases. Uh, I know that's like very important that they're reported on and they raise awareness. But when it's solved, there is that real satisfaction of being like, "Oh, it's justice!" Like all these women, like so many women, because this guy, the Golden State Killer, went for like three, nearly four decades, just cr- like uh, murdering people, assaulting women, uh, like, and just uh, evading. Police for years and
1: years and years. I have even heard of him yeah. until um, Michelle was on the show, and I was like, The gold, I live in California. I am a woman who has not been murdered. I, um, congratulations. See, I don't- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And also with you. Uh, so, the, but the, the real question is, is so, so it's, it's mostly, so if it's mostly murder and it's mostly like, is it, I've seen TV shows that say true crime. And Mm. then, or is it Dateline? Like, what is it? I mean, it's almost always murder, right? Almost always,
2: yeah. So that's like the main one where it's like there's been uh, a lot of true crime will just focus on one murder or one case or one murderer and his several crimes or hers. Very rarely, though. Right, right? (laughs) This this, is a man's game. Yeah, I do get like Not a enough. little excited when it is a woman. I do have that dark <laughs> thought of like, good for her, you know.
1: <laughs> Tonight, that's a punchline I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for rarely, mur- women in murder. Yeah, yes. rarely
2: are women killing because they uh, had a bad relationship, you know, with their dad. Right. It just doesn't
1: <laughs> randomly lead to like some sort of temper tantrum that ends up, you know, a mass murder, or some guy snaps and become some sort of weird serial killer, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's the psychology of it that some people love. Mm. You I know?
2: think it, it's, yeah. it's fascinating to see just like patterns and like how many serial killers are like had like a knock on the head when they were young and a weird relationship with their mom and that's the two ingredients that they need to just absolutely I like snap. That.
1: Even, even if they're killing women, it's still women's faults. It was the weird relationship with her, with his mom that did it. Yeah, and you're like, no, probably not. I mean, I know a lot of guys who had weird relationships with their mothers, who just still just go to work. Mm.
2: They just as a daughter, I can testify massively weird complication to okay, a relationship with my mom no <laughs> desire to go out and take it out on anyone else but my therapist <laughs>
1: yeah. right i have four brothers uh our mother was a mess from all accounts uh none of them seem to be serial killers they all they all have their issues i'm not saying they don't but they're not <laughs> it's-
2: i think what we're trying to say is hey if you got a weird relationship with your mom Don't go and kill people. I know it might not make sense now, but you'll see in the future when you. I
1: will say, because I am from Wisconsin and Jeffrey Dahmer is, was from Wisconsin or is, or I don't know if he's still alive. I think he's dead. Um, And then we also had Ed Gein. These are our two uh, uh, mass murderers or weird, creepy killer. Um, But Jeffrey Dahmer, my brother, Scott, um, and Scott To this day, still mad about this. Don't blame him. He hasn't responded to my texts in over a year. So, uh, good luck. Thank you, (laughs) Matt. Come on, Scott. I just—I was going to send you a Christmas gift. Nothing. Okay. So, but I will say that um, because Scott uh, was separated, was very separated from my family because of. There was drama and there was there was emotional stuff. And he, he I don't think he had a weird experience with our mother, but my stepmother, when they didn't know who Jeffrey Dahmer was, she was like, Do you ever think it's Scott? <gasps> and I was like, No, no, I never do think it's Scott. Why do you think it's Scott?
2: <laughs> Whoa, that's I think there's always someone in the family that you suspect. There has to be one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even if it's like extended family, like I know, I feel it in my heart. There is a cult leader in my family somewhere. Everyone is very ca- charismatic. There's a couple of narcissists and we have a history of schizophrenia. Someone in here is going to start a
1: cult. <laughs> if they are not tapping all three of those veins to start their own cult, they're dropping the ball. They're leaving money on the table. Is what Yeah, they're not, not reaching Joel their full potential. Said. You know, exactly. you could have I mean, you know, I'm hoping
2: for a Netflix special, but also someone in the family could get a series on Netflix for another reason.
1: And right, right, you're just like, I hope it's not before me, and yeah. uh, <laughs> or if they get it, they mention my name. Yes, um, they make me part of the
2: cult. They have to watch my clips online. They have to comment on my crowd work stuff. So funny, even though it's very banal <laughs> <laughs> but everyone
1: needs content you guys you gotta um, you should oh, see you my crowd work i'm like what are you doing oh you're, you're on the phone don't do that and then that's the end of my crowd work <laughs> put it away hi yeah, it's comedian almost like you're in- <laughs> destroys rude man <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's almost like i was teaching 13 year olds put th- put your phone away
2: yeah. please listen you've paid money to. you cannot right. listen outside
1: of the comedy club <laughs> right feel free to go get yourself an adult beverage elsewhere um okay um so oh my god where where, where? i'm
2: well, sorry you were I pick one. horrible adhd I've- i'm just peeing no all problem. over the place <laughs> it's okay um yeah i'll be gone in the dark huge one for anyone that hasn't seen it you gotta you gotta space it out. Don't try do it in one week. You gotta do a couple of episodes. And I mean, I watched the series uh, because again, which, I have ADHD. Which series is that? The I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I believe it's on HBO Max oh, okay. in the
1: yeah. US in yeah, Australia. That we sounds call right. In uh, they ended up buying some clips of Michelle from this TV show from from this podcast. Oh oh yes oh my god yes you feature in it I just. Great. Yeah. She was on three episodes and they were like, could we have some of the, some of the, the audio? And I said, do you have any money? And, uh, they were like, sure, here's some money. Thank God. And I was, it wasn't a lot of money, but I also, I think, uh, I was, I kind of liked the idea of the show being the dork forest. I just wanted essentially some sort of honorarium (laughs) because I didn't even give, uh, I, I think Michelle McNamara, Got a t shirt. She didn't even get the twenty. So, um, yeah, for being on the show. You get you get twenty bucks in a t shirt, unless you're international, uh like Mike <laughs> Charlwood, then you get one or the other. And it's so, twenty dollars for shipping because I'm so far away. <laughs> she's really far away, you guys. She's in Sydney. So um uh yeah. So so say no to the what was it called into the dark or I'll be gone in the dark. Okay. So it was yes. about the Golden State Killer
2: yes and then michelle's story is intertwined with it too so it is also incredibly heartbreaking i mean i'm sure if, if everyone listens to this podcast know yeah. that she'd unfortunately passed before the crime was solved so it makes it extra extra tragic but the crime right, was right. solved
1: but she was in heaven i believe going Ha-ha. Yeah. anyway so <laughs> i will i'll make up a heaven for this i got no yeah. problem with that <laughs> uh the uh so the golden state killer was a cop right did they yes
2: yeah, that's yeah. weird. Mm. And that's how he knew how like the neighborhood so well and how like the police system worked and he could move around between states and not I mean provinces and not get caught like it Yeah, was yeah. deeply
1: deeply yeah. He used the up. system against itself because he was in the system. And then he retired and then he was caught. So, okay. She's, she explained this to me, but remember, I think it was like 15 years ago that she was on the show. Uh, so the Golden State Killer, this was up up the coast, right? It wasn't in Los Angeles. It was – where was it? Do you, I think do,
2: so. Oh, I'm so – this is the – I love listening and then I retain no information,
1: in the, which is okay. not helpful so for what's this your, podcast. What's your favorite thing about th- – that she caught him? What's your favorite thing about the catching of it? I, 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 the
2: part in the documentary that's absolutely insane is she writes like a letter to an old man and describes how she imagines him being caught. And she's like, you'll be like wheeled out of your house and like, it'll be a shock to everyone around you. And it's just so accurate of like how it happened. It feels like it's like she was tapped into another, like she was in the killer's mind for this. Like it feels almost psychic. She knew so much stuff. She'd done so much work. It was like it. It was like a real bittersweet moment of like he's fucking done, dude. And- I really like when they get done, and I'm like, yes, fucking justice.
1: I hate nothing more when they get away. Right, right. So, which um, who else has been caught though? I mean, I suppose they're all famous. The ones that got caught, right? Or- yeah,
2: yeah. Well, another one that happened in Australia, and this is also on my list, is um, did you have you heard of the teacher's pet? podcast oh my god so it was uh a podcast about a uh high school gym teacher who was married to a woman uh and then started having uh started grooming one of his students and then 15 year old yeah he was 40
1: he was 40
2: yeah Yeah.
1: not okay guys
2: married with kids and then one day his wife just apparently disappeared up in left, just apparently walked out of the family house, abandoned the kids, according to him. And then the student just moved in. The, his student, he was having, he was groomed. Uh, right, right, Yeah. Right. And no one said shit. No one did anything. Everyone was just like, oh, the, all of her friends were like, she wouldn't just leave and they tried to talk to police, but this guy was like a local football legend. And so everyone just, everyone just, didn't just do let it, anything. Just let it happen. Oh. And for years he got away with it. And eventually, because of this podcast, the case got reopened. And now he's sitting in jail. He was he convicted for it. And well, did they find out about the case? Do you have any they, idea? The teacher's pet? It was with the uh, um, journalist. Oh, and I can't remember his name. But he grew up around the area and was like, we all just knew about it. And it was just, like, common knowledge that, like, he killed his wife and everyone kind of knew but never spoke about it.
1: Oh, wow.
2: And just no one did anything. Like, it's so crazy how many cases there are of women just going missing and after the bare minimum is attempted by the police, they just accept it. They just give up. And it re- I think that's a huge part of why I find true crime soothing in a way is because I so many women in my life – have experienced horrible things. We all have stories. We all have friends who've just gone
0: through
1: utter nightmares. Yes. And then to us, if absolutely everything hasn't happened to us, it's happened to someone you know. Yes. And so many horrible things have happened to each and every one of us just for walking around with a vagina. Yes. Anyway. And,
2: right. mm-hmm. and no one it's not acknowledged on the scale that it happens. You try tell a man about it and they go, those
1: things don't
2: and maybe right, once like, in a
1: bloom. moon once a while and you're like yeah well the reason i hang out with you is because you don't do those things yeah um and you're like well who does and you're like i'm sorry you have you were at work you know the guy who's doing those things you're, he's yeah. the guy you don't want to hang out with either yeah but you're like oh he's your boss or oh he's probably just kidding or oh he's just being a dick and you're like Okay, all three of those things, the guy who's just kidding and being a dick who happens to be your boss, he's not using his powers for good. No in your heart he's using his powers for evil. Yes, they have these same feelings that we do of uneasiness,
2: that something is wrong, but they don't have the real threat against them like we do of there could be consequences if you don't do something. So they don't do things. And true crime is the affirmation to me because I feel crazy because I'm like, why am I – Constantly terrified for my safety. Why am I checking my locks every night? Why am I walking home with my keys through my fingers? And true crime is the affirmation that it's like, no, you're not crazy. These things happen, and it, they're real, and you're not being insane in the
1: weirdest way of listening to absolutely it's, horrifying it's interesting. Things. It's sort of a way to to just ju- to justify the fact that you aren't being that that you don't feel nuts. That's interesting. That's I've never. I never got into it. I think because I always knew that I wasn't nuts. Uh, I was that just sounds like lovely, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I read romance novels, which is uh, which is essentially just some sort of happy ending bullshit, right? Which I always wanted to believe in, and it turns out it's working out. Anyway, <laughs> um, for sp- it's not completely just smooth sailing, but almost entirely. But well, i waited boring it a long time. if it was, you know. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> oh, I love being bored. Oh, my life, when oh. my life is boring, it's a fucking joy to me. It's a delight.
2: Now um, I'm medicated. That's my absolute favorite is waking up and knowing exactly everything that's going to happen that day. It's so exciting. Instead of just every morning just <laughs> getting on a roller coaster and not putting the bar down and oh. just seeing what fucking happens. It's right. So right. nice.
1: That, that's got to be amazing. Maria Bamford used to tell this joke about she's like – um, I would be worried, except for I'm on so many meds. It's actually not physically possible for me to be worried. Uh, Best of luck.
2: (laughs) uh, I relate uh, so hard to that because people will be like, "Doesn't being on meds? Doesn't it numb you? Don't you lose feeling?" I'm like, "Yeah, I had too many feelings. That
1: was the problem." (laughs) Right. And if if it's and as far as I can tell, if it's if it's dosed correctly. You can still have the good feelings and you can still, there's still, it's just not through the roof and dig a hole uh, to the center of the earth. So I don't have
2: my ear against the wall being like, what's that? Men in the wall? You got secrets about the government for me? No,
1: we don't need that. (laughs) Right. Nobody needs that. So it's just sort of a, a relief to know because- Women do have to live more defensively. It's sort of like when you when I talk to people of color and they're just like, "There's things I don't do. There's things I am aware of. It is because of my surroundings, because I am black or brown or Asian or whatever they are, that they could get attacked because of it. Mm. And when you talk to a woman who also happens to be a person of color or a gay person or a trend, whatever you know, there's there's these layers of just awareness that. That, you know, and sane w- straight white guys know it, you know, mm. and and there's knowing it and then there's relearning it and then there's relearning. It's sort of as a white woman, I have to relearn all the time the different levels of p- things that are good for me mm. that don't happen to other people. Yeah. And, and just be aware, oh, right. Mm. And we peel another layer of institutionalized racism. But yeah. – uh, but yeah, but there there's no reason not to be hyper aware as a woman. Just because mm-hmm. if you aren't, you just you suffer the consequences. Or if you don't suffer the consequences,
2: you're really fucking locked out. Yeah, you and know? even like if you do suffer the consequences, the worst part is that people then don't have sympathy for your suffering. They'll be like, "Well, were you walking at night? Well, everyone knew that guy was a problem. Why were you hanging out with him?" And it's right.
1: Never- you get no sympathy. Or or you get no justice because there's no and I think I might have told this story before. There was a woman. uh, Damn, I wish I for a a beautiful shining moment I knew her name and um, one of the younger comics and she was in her early thirties and she had been raped and she did a bit about it and it was about it was very funny. And it was incredibly hard to listen to, (laughs) Mm. but it had enough punchlines and they were so powerful, the punchlines. It was just about how the cops didn't believe her. And it was, they were like, sometimes we make regrettable decisions and then we don't want to take responsibility for them. And she was like, I didn't buy tickets to Nickelback. Mm
0: -hmm. This is not, (laughs) it
1: wasn't a band. I didn't, (laughs) you know, this is, and then. Her sort of the way she ended it was sort of reclaiming the clothes from that night, where she mm. was like the clothes had sat in a corner, and she was like, and she hadn't touched them in two weeks mm. until finally she looked there. She was like, that guy. He took my dignity. He took he took my sense of safety. He did all these things, horrible things to me. He doesn't get those pants. Those pants look good on me, mm. and uh, and you were like, oh. I fucking wish I could remember her name because it was such a good – it was cathartic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember because uh, I
2: was uh, assaulted in my house when I was young and I remember the most healing thing for me was moving into a house of all women. Well, all women. It was me and one other woman and she had decorated the entire house in pink. Everything was pink. <laughs> the rugs – every bit of furniture, all of the cutlery, all of the plates. And I just remember being like, I've never felt so safe in my whole life. It was such a healing experience of being like (laughs) a man, men that came to the house felt unwelcome. And that felt so good for me. I was like, good, don't come in here. I don't really want you." around. I'm going to need
1: you to not be here. So I'm going to make this look like a place where you wouldn't come in. Yeah. So. That's nice. I like that. There was an amazing scene in the movie Black Widow at the end of uh, the Marvel Black Widow movie where the bad guy is explaining that the only thing that's expendable in the entire world are girls and women because there's always going to be more of them and who cares. And that's why he started the Black Widow program because he's going to make these little murder girls who are badass and hot and then they eventually of course take back the night but uh because that's the movie I want to see because yeah. in true crime a lot of times the justice isn't served right I mean there has to be a podcast there has to be a book it has to be a group of other women
2: in front of a microphone or behind a computer that get completely obsessed
1: to get shit was something that done. happened in 1989 you know yeah. or ni- 2011 something happened and you're like, well, who do, do, what did they look? Did they look at any of it? You know, did they try to figure Ooh. out who did this?
2: And and it's just yeah. so you peel back the layers and it's immediately infuriating. And because I remember my mom, like, like every, as a kid, nearly every night, if I came out to get like a glass of water in the kitchen, you could just see like the blue light coming out of the office and her just furiously typing away because she just wow. couldn't, she was not going to stop until it was solved and it nearly I, I look it nearly got solved the inquest was uh, there was an inquest into it and the case was reopened um uh, but unfortunately it, it was a bunch of people in the government who are accused of it allegedly going to put a lot of asterisks around that so uh, for some reason it just didn't there was no
1: conclusion Oh, it turned out inconclusive because she probably hit a ceiling yeah. and the fact that the golden state killer was a retired cop was probably better than a working cop Yeah, because they'll protect the people that are still in this, in the, as opposed to the ones that are no longer in the, they, they can go, Oh, it was an old guy. An old guy did it. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, he wasn't old in 1979 mm. and you protected him for the last 50 years. So. Ha! Huh. Grim, grim, grim stuff. Right, right. But I love it, but I
2: freaking love <laughs> but it. But you love it, right?
1: <laughs> What's the next thing you're gonna watch? Um, oh, what are you? Because you're working on scams now, right? You're liking.
2: Yes, I will. A big thing at the moment is um, uh, cancer scams of particularly women around like the mid-2000s when like Tumblr and vlogs was still like really big and videos weren't a thing on Instagram, you could just post a picture and then write an essay underneath. And everyone in the comments said, yay, that's so wonderful. Go you. And no one ever said a mean thing ever. Unlike now where it's <laughs> <laughs> the most insane shit. But around that time there was, uh, there's was there been heaps of cases of a bunch of women who fake cancer to get money and like a following and i i listened to a podcast recently unbelievable the coco berthman story and there was also scamander is another one i mean australia i we have i think one of the original a woman called bell gibson uh who faked cancer for a long time and wrote a book about it the and original okay no one checked anything no one checked anything until the book was published and had sold a bunch of copies until someone said, "Well, I'm. I've had enough. I know this woman personally, and I know
1: that she's fine." And she, if she had cancer, it was a skin tag, and it's over. So yeah. what? So essentially, these are people in the, these are mostly women in the early mostly 20, 2000s? women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a cash grab where they're just like, "Ah, we can't work." Any sort of like a GoFundMe is kind of set up. Um, but yes. in 2000. Yeah. yeah. How much money did they end up getting? How much? Um,
2: are, I mean, everyone's different. I don't know. Coco Berthman got like, I think it's like getting towards like half a mil nearly of money that she's raised and wow. borrowed from people. And like, because they would, they'd be like, oh, I'm suffering. I'm so sick. And people just give them like cars and let them stay in their houses and like, It's, I mean, now, because the internet is so vicious, it's very hard (laughs) to fake anything because people
1: are onto you. Right. There's uh, a lot more double checking, but there's also, there's also people who, like, if you, uh, like, you know, my mother-in-law should know better, right? Where she's just like, well, this seems, and I'm like, are you going to say the word real? Because that's not the next word. Uh, She's like, fake. That's the word I was thinking. This in my phone doesn't look real. It looks fake. And I was like, that's right. You have to always look at the URL where the email is coming from. And if it has no resemblance (laughs) to anything (laughs) that is anything, a lot of numbers, usually a good sign that that's not Mm -hmm. real. Yeah. My mom would be like, oh, I got this notice
2: that I had an overdue payment for my uh, you know, car insurance, I'm like, you don't have a car right now. Why would it's, you pay that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but Think, think. <laughs> right. I keep getting, the one I'm getting right now, I can't remember if it's email or might even be text where it's just like, you have not paid this invoice from PayPal. This invoice from PayPal has not been paid. And if you don't pay, and I was like, Am I, who is invoicing me on PayPal? Yeah. And First of all, I use PayPal to pay for things sometimes. So, my first thought was I've used things to pay for things on PayPal. Maybe I didn't. And then I'm like, no, no, the word invoice has been uh, thrown out there. Mm. Nobody's invoicing me on PayPal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a corporation. If anybody wants to invoice me, good luck. Because now yeah. I'm not responding to any of that bullshit. But, um, <laughs>
2: The so, big one that I get is in yeah. Sydney you have to pay for all of the roads that you drive on essentially. So you have to pay tolls and there's different companies for each toll. So nearly every day I get a text message from a different number being like, you haven't paid this toll. And I have to go through and research if I've actually paid it or not because it's such a complex system and wait. such an easy scam to pull off because once you go wait, in, wait, you details all, in.
1: All, all the tolls are privately owned? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good idea. I say so sarcastically. Mm, everything um, is
2: so privatized and oh, the government is owning less and less of
1: everything in Australia. Until, until I think you hit a wall and then it all becomes, the, then one of the, my favorite things about my father is that he's a giant capitalist and also doesn't care about money. So he's willing to not have, like he can hold two separate. He would balk at the idea that I would say that he's a socialist <laughs> But he's like, he, he loves capitalism and sales and, and all that stuff so much. But he's also like, what do you care? Just give them some money. They need it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, uh, you, you <laughs> could hold two ideas in your brain at the same time, Dad. It's kind of amazing. The duality of man is just astounding. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you, I say. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, there's that. And so there's, there's the scam ones. I had heard about the love scams. Yes.
2: Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're kind of sad because they often just target older, like divorced women specifically and like who are just lonely and just really want someone. And then
1: all of a sudden. And they got all this money.
2: Yeah. Frederick from Germany, who's a young, hot blonde thing. Is hitting them up, being like, "I think you're the bee's knees. I'm gonna do everything. Your ex husband didn't. I just need ten thousand
1: dollars. Yeah, and it's just like, I sometimes get because this the aging process is happening right in front of your eyes. Uh, But the weird thing is, is like on Instagram, I'll get the, you know, you're so beautiful. Can we talk about it? And I'm like, what are you? Who are you talking to? I'm a comic. Uh, I don't uh, – I'm not used to the sort of – if you said I was
2: funny, yes. Yes, I would talk yeah. to
1: you. And, I delete those
2: messages on site. For any fans that message me that, I yeah. do not give I a just crap. I just leave and don't. block.
1: Leave and block. I'm not even going to be polite. I think maybe 20, 25 years ago I was politely like, well, you know, this isn't actually something you should say. And now mm, I'm that's like... That's not what I'm going for. <laughs> no, I just, I gotta, I'm just gonna just delete it. I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> Meet someone in real life. My apologies. Yeah. Or yeah. put a radius on your Tinder profile.
2: Mm. And, oh, there's uh, so many beautiful models out there. You know, that's what they're after. Go into their DMs, tell them they're beautiful. <laughs> please just tell had, me I'm fine. They funny. hired a team
1: to, to like lice comb through those things. So they yeah. won't even have to see that for... and. The, and, yeah. and the people that will will probably just say, "How much do you like me? Do you like me enough to send me a hundred bucks? Do that, all right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I talked to you. It was like a cameo. So,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, what other kinds of what other kind of true crime are there? We got cons, we got murders, um, right. or catfishing is another big one. Now I just, that's some
1: sort of lying, right? That's just, Mm, that's a different kind of lying, right? What is, is is it a love lie or is it a...
2: So it can cross over
1: with cons.
2: Sometimes people just do it to fuck with people. Like it's a hobby of theirs is to embarrass people into being in love with them. One uh, podcast that's like uh, my all-time favorites, but again, super heavy, go in with caution, Sweet Bobby uh <laughs> it's called sweet bobby and everyone should go in with caution yeah okay. i had a real misleading there title go. there <laughs> um about yeah a woman who was catfished online for years and it was somehow not about money at all and it's just like
1: yeah, it was just in- some dude who didn't like her or i
2: won't spoil the reveal on this one because it is quite, oh but it that's was- right so if people are into
1: it sweet yes. bobby huge reveal Yes. No spoilers.
2: If you want to see catfishing and it's most fucked up, head on down there. And it also (laughs) is great for, I mean, maybe just send it to your mums as well, just so they know what to look out for
1: when it comes to, you know, online scams. Okay. Um, I think of catfishing as, as those guys who are like sort of button pushing, but I think that there's a fake, there's a, the catfishing part of it is, because actual catfishing, because catfish, I thought it was where you stuck your hand into a hole and tried to catch a fish with your hand. That's what I genuinely, it's a Southern United States uh, fishing thing. And and those fish, by the way, have teeth and people have lost fingers. Um It's a real fishing thing. I don't know that it's called catfishing, but I thought it was where you'd stick your hand into a hole and then you could catch a fish with your hand and pull it out. And then you were a man or something. I don't know what it was, (laughs) but whatever it was, um, catfishing, the, the scam is some sort of flattery to get a response
2: yeah. Right? To kind of like, uh, everyone has different motives. It can be money, but a lot, a lot, it's shame. It's to like try and make someone fall in love with a fake profile, someone who's not real and then break their heart at the end and be like, it was just me, a 16 year old with too much knowledge of AI, just ruining really? your life.
1: Just ruining your life. Yeah. Cause I'm bored. And, um, yeah, that's, That's a special kind of douchebag. Holy smokes. Yeah.
2: Um, I think that's also a huge part of the fascination is like true crime is just douchebags galore and people who are not scared to be absolute dicks and seem to have no fear of consequences. Like
1: They seem to be horrible people without any sort of result ideas like what the consequences are at all.
2: Yeah, whereas like I can't tell a lie without breaking into a sweat, and like, I just I I, I can't keep track of it. if I do tell a lie, I live in anxiety of being like trying to keep track of it and remember where it was. There's people just busting them out twenty four hours a day. They've got they're adding like multiple stories to like I like just- so many.
1: Yeah, when I stopped lying, my life became so much simpler because mm. I didn't have to remember all the lies. And yeah. um, so I could understand from a, you know, from a like a, a TV movie of the week kind of angle, why you would want to catfish somebody for money, right? Where eventually mm. you're like, either, either you've tricked them into giving you money for some sort of cancer, or, you know, you lost a leg, um, or, Or blackmail where I'm going to tell everyone that you thought that this was real. Give me a thousand dollars and I won't. I could see that sort of Mm. maybe. I don't know. But um, what about those schemes? What about those scams where people take over your computer and then they blackmail you? Have you you gotten into that at all?
2: Yes. Yeah. There's um, a great podcast reply all does a long form of them, uh, going to, uh, like flying to India where these hackers are and interviewing them and seeing why they do what they do. And that is one of my all time favorite. God, I haven't written down the episode name, but you can find it. If you just type in reply all call center scam, it'll come up. And it's- oh, I think,
1: yeah, I think I had heard about that one. That sounds, that sounds f- fascinating and weird. Yeah, but they just—they and- literally like they tracked the u the like the they just put a trace on on the they found the place where it was being generated and
2: yeah, so they get the um uh call like the scammers on the line and then they see how they do the scam and then because they're big tech nerds they know how to track them and figure okay. out where it's coming from and then so they trace like the IP address and then they go over and they try and find the office and then like, they like do like a stakeout and wait for these people. And then they sit down and talk with them and they're like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing what you do? And you just see like the disconnect that technology has been able to give them of being like, these aren't real like people to me. And like,
1: A lot Um, of it is being like,
2: oh, these are rich white people from the West.
1: Like we don't feel bad about this. I'm not going to feel bad about this. They've got an extra hundred grand. They have an extra 10 grand. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's actually (laughs) that, that. And that's been made heroic, like sort of a Robin Hood kind of, they think of themselves as, you know, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, but then they're the poor and then they're not poor anymore. Yeah. So yeah. 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 It's, uh, I always think for me, what, what I've decided not long ago was that if people are button pushers, uh, and are trying to push my buttons, I will not let them push my buttons until I have under control how I'm going to respond to them. Uh, and then I will tell them that, uh, essentially to go to hell. And, uh, <laughs> and then that when they get mad at me, I'll be like, Oh, I thought that was the button you wanted to push. The go, why yeah. don't you go fuck yourself button? Cause that's yeah. what, cause that's what you're doing. You're, you're trying to get a light. You're trying to light me up. Congratulations. But what it means is we don't have to hang out anymore because you're a piece yeah. of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, which is I not can't possible wait to have that level of wisdom and control. Of, of oh my god! yes, because right. you have to wait. You have to wait,
0: and uh, it's yeah. the pause
1: that is the hardest. Because you just you mostly want to knee jerk react and go seriously, um, mm. or just like explode emotionally and then lose all footing, and then they're like right. You're being crazy. And I'm like, that's my deepest fear. <laughs> right, right. And and when 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 women get all sad. They, uh, we t- or get angry or frustrated. We tend to cry and mm-hmm. then it takes all the, uh, all of our power away because they're like, well, don't cry. And you're like, I'm crying. Cause I'm frustrated and angry at you. Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking cry. Cause you would punch a wall. And in the end, I will not have broken my hand. So why don't you get the fuck away from me while I cry? And yeah, this is a uh, way better coping mechanism.
2: This is also, I think, a lot why we kill ourselves way less. We just let it out in little doses and just
1: feel <laughs> all the feelings. I screamed in my car today. I screamed and screamed and screamed in my car because my passport was three days expired and I was like oh. – What if I needed to run? And so then I went and I decided to spend hundreds of dollars to do expedited. And so I god, are you going
2: anywhere overseas?
1: Nope. And, (laughs) uh, but I went and I, I went to the place that was going to do it. Right. And I forgot to bring, for some reason, I like, I brought everything. I brought all the things that I needed. And who knew that the government of the United States Would like with my old passport, a photo, and all these things, the application, they would like a hard check, like an old-timey fucking check that says US State Department, $209.53 or some fucking thing. And I was like, I don't, I have to go find my checkbook. And they're like, I said, Do you do money orders here? Because they said they would take that. And they're like, No, we don't do money orders. I was like, you might, wanna, you might want to, you might want to do money orders, so then oh I don't God. have to delay this. And but uh, so I got good in my luck to was, any Gen Z travelers far out; oh, they're I'm just not so, going to leave the country. <gasps> was, well, it was that or stand in line for like two and a half hours at the at the passport office, and I was like, no, no, I'm going to spend some money. I'm going to spend an extra hundred bucks, and just have this done over the internet at a FedEx office and they're going to mail it for me and the and the and so they had the application and everything and they had like idiot pictures of everything that i needed to staple and and paperclip to things and i was psyched until i got to the and paperclip the check here and i was like paperclip the what a check <laughs> oh my god what is it the
2: 90s that's insane (laughs) Uh, that's the thing that drives me insane is bureaucratic bullshit when you're like i'm trying to give you money you've put these rules in place and i'm trying to follow them please let me just give you my money for something for (sighs) reprinting a piece of paper that i already paid for ages right it's
1: oh right and I'm going to assume you have all of my face DNA fingerprints. I've been arrested. Things have happened. You have all of the information. Everything you've googled ever. But like they've got ever. A list of that. You guys, you know what I'm watching on Amazon Prime. You know what I'm, I'm I fly Delta. They take my picture every time. Anyway. <gasps> so, um, okay, gotta so love what, a good what would you recommend? Prime. <laughs> um
2: oh my People god I think I co- oh okay this is that my that not recommended yeah that I'm not recommended is uh an Australian documentary it's available on Netflix in the US though uh called Last Stop larimar it's it, you probably haven't heard of it but it's a three part documentary I love a three part cuz you can knock it out in a weekend it's not a long commitment you know you're not stressed for a very long time you get the reveal at the end Mm -hmm. and i think it's really good for like particularly because i imagine it's a lot of americans listening if you've ever wondered what an australian redneck is we have (laughs) we have our bogans and they're kind of like your maga people like they're like you know they're they're a little Like, uh, they got some hardcore ideas and and a lot of critical thinking.
1: That's Um, the nicest way of (laughs) – they're treasonous idiots is the word
2: she's looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But this is, like, full-blown, like, the hills have eyes. Like, like it's about a town of, I think, 13 people in the middle of Australia where there's absolutely – But fuck nothing for days. There's that big
1: rock. They got that big rock in Alice Springs. They got the big
2: rock. It's kind of near the big rock. It's not too far from the big rock. And uh, one person in the town goes missing. And and it's apparently very difficult in a town of 13 people to find out how someone
1: went missing. Um, 13.
2: 13 people.
1: 13 people. One's gone. And nobody knows where they went. Nobody knows. What's and that they one all called? live Last Stop Larimer. Okay.
2: And it's by uh oh, it's by two um American actors and producers, and I can't remember their name. So for anyone that's like has seen Australian TV and been turned off, I it's understand. Th- it's not our gift. We have a lot of <laughs> talents, okay. <laughs> Making have, our own TV shows is not one of them.
1: <laughs> well, it's a learned skill. Uh it mm-hmm. was uh, Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. I've seen them all because I am your aunt. And <laughs> um, and then uh, I just watched Deadlock. Oh, oh, I just <laughs> finished re-watching that last night with my boyfriend. Did no you like that No reason not it? to. Uh, the, my, you know, my mother-in-law is gay. And uh, she and I w- accidentally just started watching it because it was, and the first two episodes, we just, our mouths hanging open. Just, we could not, st- we're like, what the fuck is this? This town is like, if it were shot in Northern Florida, which is the most Southern state in the United States. And uh, just if it had been invaded by lesbians, so many lesbians that you could tell that there were different kinds of lesbians, that they were just like people. And then it, but it was, and then the, the mystery in that, in that show was excellent. I yes. thought the arc of the of the actual mystery was really well done. Deadlock,
2: yeah. If you liked True Detective, you will like Deadlock. I think they're okay. very similar shows. Um, oh, sorry, just to backtrack. Last up, Larama. Another reason why I loved it is because my dad was a cop in the Northern Territory, uh, which is oh, okay. the province where I have yep. it do you, uh, do you know the um, the Dingo Ate My Baby Yes. Yeah. So um, my dad was no. the detective on the the dingo's got my baby my dad oh. was the detective on that and oh my god! So, <laughs> yeah yeah which uh, people are like whoa so is he like a celebrity no famously botched case Fam- like <laughs>
1: she it's it actually it did not help his career
2: yeah yeah <laughs> and like a very low point for him as well for anyone wondering he's Look, he's like, every time we're not allowed to talk about it because he gets very upset, and rightly so. Yeah. Because he always says, he's like, I've done so much great detective work in my time. I've brought justice to so many horrible
1: people, and that was the lowest point in my career, and it's all anyone talks about. Right, and I'm sure he knows why everyone is fascinated by it, but everyone makes mistakes. Steve Ranazizi said that he was in one of the Twin Towers on 9-11. He wasn't. He was in Midtown. For twenty years, he ate out on that. Talk oh, about that scams! Guy. Yeah, remember that guy, hero of nine eleven. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I make fun of him every chance I get. It wasn't a crime what he did. It was just really stupid, and it makes yeah. me laugh that for twenty yeah. years it was a it was a lie that he told, told so many times. He started to believe it, and mm. you're like, dude, you weren't there. You yeah. weren't
2: there. Well, Dad, looked wrongly convicting a woman of. Murder or being part of it—that uh, is a crime. Um, yes, right. She- <laughs> and and a reg-
1: something regrettable
2: that he does not—he does not want to
1: think about too often. I bet.
2: No, yeah. no. But I asked him about Larimar. I was like, "Did you go there?" He's like, oh, "I hated it. They were fucking weird people." And that was like thirty years ago. And this docker was recently.
1: <laughs> oh, and I like—I like—they were weird people. All twelve of them. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been an hour. I've been talking with Beck Charlwood. Here's the thing about Beck Charlwood. She has a new special out. That's called Bipolar Baby. That's right. What? What? What can it be about? Anyway, but it's at Charl Beckwood. Uh, C H R L B E C W O O D. Beck Charlwood is her name. She does stand up comedy in Sydney, and you should go see her do that. Do that stand up comedy, and you should watch her special and leave nice comments or no comments and not about
2: my face or body just say it's funny just say i like that
1: and if you (laughs) liked a particular joke you could reference the words that were in that joke oh that'd be perfect favorite (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for doing uh for doing the show oh my god thank you so much for having me yay and uh, you know the rules out there take care of each other
0: Hi, adult. How was the show?
1: It was fascinating because it was with uh, one of the younger comics out of Australia. Mm -hmm. And she likes true crime as all 29 year old women do, because it somehow validates the fact that they're afraid all the time, (laughs) even though most true crime is unsolved. (laughs) And I realized that I don't, like true crime because i never needed to be i was like no i'm not nuts of course i'm afraid and <laughs> they for some reason have been told that they shouldn't be
0: afraid well i yeah i think this might be an oversimplification of what's going on well i again a degree in political science
1: not psychiatry <laughs> but it seems to me that she said that the reason she really liked it was because of that Right. it Because she feels nuts to be afraid all the time. Right, right, right. And to watch true crime makes her feel like she isn't nuts and she's not alone. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. good. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I never mean, watched true crime because I've never felt nuts or alone I in always, this particular instance.
0: I think I, I don't watch a lot of true crime or read a lot of true crime. Although I did watch a, there's, there's that, you know, there's a television show about Uh, It's sort of one of those 30 minute uh, documentaries of a week of the week about news, newsworthy cases. Yeah. And it was about a a guy who was uh, who started all the fires up in Glendale. Okay, So I remember I remember when this when they arrested him a handful of years ago. uh, And but I didn't realize like how it had all come to pass. So it was sort of neat to like like connect this. Was there more to it than arson? Yeah, well, I mean, he had been—he was a fire investigator.
1: Oh, it was that plot. Yeah, I've seen that on different fire, fire right, shows right. where the fireman he, falls in love
0: with fire. Yeah, he had said it. Well, he—he he was wanting to—he was a wannabe fire investigator. Oh, he wasn't an actual fire investigator. He finally did get there. He finally got hired by the Glendale Fire Department. Uh, as a fire investigator, but not after having been turned down by a bunch of other uh, uh, places and not and, and and after already starting a bunch of fires that people were in the Central Valley that people were trying to to figure out who did it.
1: Oh, OK. There have been right. a
0: series of fires. And then here's the here's the crazy thing. Um, before he was before he was caught, there was some, you know, several tens. There would be tens of. Of of small wildfires up in the hills above Glendale every year, okay. And they thought that they were all natural. Yeah. After they caught him, mm-hmm. that dropped down to less than ten. Oh, oh, so, so he... they think that he had started a lot of fires. Yeah. That yeah, wasn't she... anything about what your episode was about, though.
1: Well, a little bit because it's a little bit about just crazy people doing crazy. Like there were the right. murder, true crime ones that she was talking about, where um women were the victims. And -hmm. then she talked about cons where women were the perpetrators. Oh, Uh, There was a lot of things in the early two thousands where women pretended to have cancer and then you would have to send them money because they had cancer and, um,
0: women with cancer, that trope,
1: that, that weird trope. And then, (laughs) and she referenced at least like four or five different podcasts that she had listened to beginning to end. And I was like, you listen do a lot of podcasts. Right. So um
0: and then remember, she t- th the, most of, most podcasts are are, are not open ended like yours is. Oh, as far as oh, as far as ongoing 18 years later? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so you know, when they say I've listened to twenty podcasts, those podcasts might be six or eight episodes long each. I thought that was a new genre of podcast.
1: Mm, Maybe I don't someone think so. will come on. I don't think and, so. Uh, and then she was also talking catfishing. Um Something about catfishing, and I tried to figure out. Wasn't I think it was somebody in your family telling me about a sport where you stuck your hand in a hole.
0: Yes, catfishing. Is that, <laughs> that's, that's different. That's also it's a catfishing. different kind of catfishing, although kind of the same.
1: Well, explain. Tell the people because <laughs> t- I don't know if I described it right. Tell the people what catfishing is.
0: Okay, so in uh, in these shallow ponds and uh, and and riverbanks in the, in the south. Um, the um, the catfish will 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 basically dig burrows into the sides of the banks, and so there'll be in, and and so you can go along the side of the bank and stick your hand down in, kind of under you know yeah and reach into these holes sight unseen, which and is grab a fish to grab a fish right and the and the the catfish will will then glom onto your hand and you pull the catfish up. Um, Glom with their mouths. With their mouths, yes. And their mouths have teeth sometimes, right? Kind of. I mean, they're fishy teeth, so not a lot of danger. They're not jaws. They're not jaws. However, uh, the other problem of this is, and the real danger of this is, the other thing that has similar burrows in the sides of the riverbanks in the south are snapping turtles. Which can oh, take your arm the, off.
1: That's where the that's where the fingers were being lost. That's right. Uh, snapping turtles.
0: Okay. Right, they can take a hand. A big enough one will take an arm off of you.
1: Okay. So, but that's
0: catfishing. Where southern style. No southern technology style. Involved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, catfishing is more kind of like flattering someone to get a response and then going psych.
0: Right kind well more more specifically pretending to be somebody you're not in order to uh, develop the, a romantic relationship with them so it's oh. it's
1: flattery though yeah, usually it's, it's
0: flattery and it, and it's romance and it's it's all the things that you might have in a long distance uh, romantic uh but it's relationship. It,
1: so it's a very specific kind of con the catfishing it's romantic usually that's right so we talked about that as well uh she had some she had some some quality some, some quality TV and uh, and film. And she had just finished watching Deadlock, which is about murder. And it's murder. about crazy people. So it was a crazy, crazy episode. But Beck Charlwood, it's Charl Beckwood is her handle. And she was like, I complicated it. I know. Because her last <laughs> name is Charlwood and her first name is Beck. And she's a comic from Sydney. So Beck Charlwood. But her handle on Instagram is charl beckwood and she has a new uh, a new comedy special coming out called bipolar baby oh awesome yeah so it was a great episode so i'm everyone i hope you enjoyed it and you know the rules out there again take care of each
0: other my hat my hat my hat they're dancing around my hat <laughs> my hat my hat my hat well what do you think of that